Hi, this is Marco from Bike Thieves, and you're listening to the Miserable Failure Podcast. Hello, hello, hello. That song gets me pumped up every time, every time. It's so good. You're listening to the Miserable Failure Podcast brought to you by Krusty Media. I am your host, Michael X. Krusty. How is everybody this Tuesday? How is everybody doing today? You've tuned in to the fourth episode, and uh, if you're listening to this episode and you've listened to the other three, I want to say thank you so much. Uh, I've gotten a lot of love from a lot of people, and uh, it feels it feels great. I got to say, it feels really, really, really great. So thank you, thank you so much. On today's episode, I talked to my good friend Marco from the Bike Thieves. Uh, I've known him for about seven, seven, eight years now. He, uh, him and I met in Streetsville, Ontario, which is a uh, town in Mississauga that I lived in for about 10 years. And, uh, he is just a, a fantastic, fantastic human being, such a sweetheart. We go into detail about the band bike thieves and their new album leaking, which they just released in November on stomp records. And, uh, if you haven't checked it out, you definitely need to check it out because it is so, so good. So good. I, I cannot stop listening to it. You know, I got it on vinyl and I, uh, you know, have it on the Spotify and I spin it whenever I can listen to it, you know, try and sing along. No air drum it, all that, all that good stuff. The uh, if you get the vinyl, the lyrics are in the artwork of the album, so you can sing along with Marco. And uh, before I get into the interview, though, I want to play one of their songs. So here's Connie's Got a New Phone by the Bike Thieves. Hey! 
Hello, hello, hello. Marco from the Bike Thieves. How are you today? I'm good. How are you, buddy? I'm doing really well. I'm doing really well. Congratulations on the brand new album, Leaking. Yeah. Hell yeah. Hell yeah. Hell yeah. I, I do I do have a lot of questions about the album. Okay. And I have a few answers. Yeah, I know you do. I know you do. But before we get into the to the album, uh, I, I don't know how many people know the history of the band. Like, they probably just, a lot of people are just introduced to leaking through Stomp Records, and they don't really know Bike Thieves. From my perspective, like, has been, a, a, like, a hardworking band for seven years. I, I've, every time I've ever bumped into you or we hung out, you guys always have a plan and you're talking and you're, and you're doing all these different things. And like, I don't think people know that about you guys. So we just come off as lazy, maybe. Definitely, definitely not. <laughs> if you listen to the album, you guys are definitely not lazy. Oh, that's good. Definitely not lazy. But like, so uh, I did some research on you guys. It smells like perspiration or it sounds like perspiration. Yeah, yeah, it does. It probably you should you guys should have made it smell like that too. I, do you remember a, a Madonna album where it, it like I think it was like a prayer and it smelled like? Do you know that like that oil that the priest would like spray on people? Oh, the the thing that the with the stones like the coals or whatever shit yeah. was called. And yeah, Madonna, probably Madonna's, yeah. word for it, so. Madonna's album smelled like that one album. I remember my parents bought it on tape. My mom loved Madonna and it smells like that. It was such a weird feature to have for an album. That's kind of cool. I like that smell. You put it in the tape drawer with all the other tapes and then they all smell. <laughs> yeah. Or it smells like an old, it smells like a tape drawer. It smells like, like a, an old tape drawer in a church. Yeah. It's it definitely like, uh, there's no... To my knowledge, there's no like brand new tape drawers. They must all smell like old furniture. Do you collect tapes still? And I'm sure Madonna smells like old furniture too. She probably point. does. She's <laughs> uh, like old and Italian. Probably has plastic on her furniture, and she's still trying to. <laughs> she's still trying balls. to push that she's doing on ex that she's doing ecstasy. Probably. Yeah. Probably. She did. All, she did. Uh, whatever. Whatever. Do you do you collect uh, cassette tapes? Are you one of those people? Um, not in particular. Uh, the band does when we've been on tour, because a lot of like more DIY shows that we've done, or like DIY punk bands, especially they they would be selling their homemade cassettes, or we'd do like a swap, and they'd give us one of theirs. Um, every once in a while, you hit like a Salvation Army or something, or I guess we don't we're not supposed to support the Salvation Army, but you know what I mean, like a thrift shop. Yeah. Um, and you f you find like an old Slim Whitman cassette for a buck or something, and you buy it out of novelty. My old car was a Passat, had a cassette player in it, so I still wanted that, but uh, it's not really useful in in our van because that doesn't have. Yeah, you guys listen to a lot of podcasts in your van. I remember Chris telling me that. Yeah, I th I think. To the point where it's it frustrates Vince, our manager. Um, we bring him on tour because he doesn't want to listen to like comedy bang bang all the time <laughs> or like the bonfire. Speaking of tours, you guys have uh, you guys have done a lot of touring. This is a, I think a, like another thing people don't. A lot of new listeners of the Bike Thieves might not know is you've gone you've gone to the states three times in uh, 2017, 2018, 2019. I feel like we might have done four American tours. Maybe you're right. I don't know. According to uh, uh, Google, <laughs> according to your uh, your Facebook page, uh, I think it's been three. But you you could be right. There could be one not in there. But that's 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 a big that's a big thing for a Canadian band. That's a huge yeah. deal. Yeah, it's, it's, it's not easy to go. To, you know, you can you can obviously go through the border and just say you're not in a band and do it that way. But you guys, you guys do it legit. You get the, all the paperwork done and you go on your, on your tour and you, and you bust, you bust a move, you know, we bust moves. That's what we do. We don't get busted. We bust. Um, <laughs> I think we have been four times. Cause I think we've played Brooklyn three or four. And then we've gone out West through like the Midwest 
anyway, it doesn't matter and, and hit like the West coast. But yeah, we've, we've done that and gone through like the, the, the CFM and, you know, get, uh, get unionized or local one, six, two. Three album, three EPs, I guess, right? So, 2014, yeah. bloated. 2015, mm-hmm. uh, these things happen all the time, which is where I discovered you. I think the first song I heard from you guys was Red Line. Yeah, definitely Red Line. 2017, Lean Into It EP, which I love. I love that uh, EP. It's Thank you. Nation Wedding and Melatonin, all that stuff. Yeah. Um, and then you have Leaking, which is. I I know was a was a long process for you. In the notes there, in the lighter notes, it says that the uh, track five, uh, "You're Allowed Your Feelings," was recorded with Nixon Boyd. Yes, sir. Was that like you guys went in like uh, just to record a song with him, and then it, it kind of ended up on the album? So funny story about that. I mean, Nixon's like he's a friend, and obviously is in, or was in Colorado, and is a very accomplished uh, musician in his own right. Um, but he's old friends with Vince, our manager. And before Vince started managing us, um, he recommended that we go and demo some stuff with Nixon. So we recorded that song, and basically with the intent, the intent of maybe putting it on an album or just kind of seeing what we can do with it. I believe he sings on that and did some keys. Um, yeah, because I got him to do the higher harmony in the the chorus, like backing vocals. Yeah. Because um, he's just 
killer at that stuff. Yeah, he's a great fighter. Uh, yeah, he's he's an, he's amazing. So when we came to working with Josh Karodi, who did the record, who did Leaking, he was like, "Sung sucks." <laughs> 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 he doesn't mince words with us, but he was just not a fan of it. He didn't say it sucked. He was just like, "I don't know, you guys are kind of growing past this or whatever," and and. You know, Vince was like, please put this on the record. And Josh was like, I don't know if you want to even record it. And I was like, well, let's split the difference here. And basically, I was I wanted to not appease both of them, but I felt ambivalent as well. And I think we all did. And uh, basically, we decided to use the recording that Nixon took and then get Josh to mix it. And of course... And we all really liked it and decided to leave it on the album. And then, of course, when it got into Stomp's hands, they decided they wanted to lead with it as a single. So um, Josh messaged me and was like, you're really going to go with. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, (laughs) like it it was I was anticipating that he was going to give me shit. And he did. But, you know, he's he's an old friend in a friend way. Yeah. 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 Um, so we did that song had quite a bit of a journey we actually wrote the chorus I mean I had a lot of those lyrics for a while but we wrote the chorus um, music in studio with Nixon because we had we went through like seven choruses of you know kind of noisy crap so when you say the chorus do you mean the the I'm all right part or the the white upper class middle class part the the white upper middle class the I'm all right part we had for a while yeah it's funny I always see that as a pre-chorus and then the other part is like the chorus chorus I I feel like it's a, a chorus and then a post chorus maybe then we should That's make how I see it harder. but I I can understand where Josh is coming from because if you listen to that song and you listen to the older stuff, you can tell that that's kind of like you guys have progressed and then you have this song and it's kind of like you, you write this song and then you're, you're going forward and then you're evolving. So it's kind of like that song has a little bit of the old Bike Thieves in it, whereas mm-hmm. all the other songs are, are definitely <clears throat> more experimental. So I, I can see where Josh is coming, but I also I also think it's a, a, an amazing song, fantastic song. So I'm glad that Vince did push for it. Yeah, and we I mean we're not that malleable, but we did believe in it, and he was he was he was really like, yeah, he he really pushed for it. I guess. Did you record that in the uh, like the Polish banquet hall in Etobicoke? There is that where his Nixon studio is still? I think. Sure did. Yeah. What year was that? <sighs> I when did we record the album? <laughs> it feels like uh, forever ago. Yeah, I think we did it in like 2019. We did the album that might have been like fall winter of 2018, or it may have been yeah fall winter. So it was like it was like September October. So fall. It's crazy to think you were sitting on that song for so long. And the album. You were sitting on the album for quite a while. Yeah, I mean, not that long, considering... I mean, by today's standards, it does feel like a long time, but I don't know. I've heard of people sitting on records for much longer than, what was it for us, about a year. It's, it's, it's also a matter of, like, we had the songs finished about a year prior, and then... You go through different things and mixing and Josh was busy and then you're figuring out artwork and you also want to figure out a rollout and what's going to be your single. Like we also weren't sure that we were going to get signed to Stomp. Like it wasn't, it was a bit of a process. Like they were, I think they were kind of interested in us. Like they swiped right on us, but who knew, like (laughs) we didn't know if they, if they wanted to put the record out or if it would have been a good deal or whatever. Um, so a lot of that stuff comes into play and having a video or two ready and, which you obviously helped with one of them. Yeah. Yes. It's, it's, it's it's all about, for me, it's, I'd rather put some time in the planning and sometimes that stuff falls into place quicker than, than others, but you know, it was kind of a big deal for us. So we did want to do the proper rollout and, and an introduction for you know, our first time not self-releasing and also putting out our first, you know, official full length. And I think uh, I think that 
there's definitely a lot of thought that went into the album. It's it's not just like a rock album where you're, you're going into the studio recording drums, recording guitar, you know, bass, and then screaming into a mic. There's a lot. There's a lot of thought in this album. There's so many layers. There's so many musical layers. There's so many uh, lyrical layer, uh, layers. In my opinion, this is what I get when I listen to the album. This is what I hear and what I think of. And like, just just sitting. Uh, you know, lying in my bed, listening to the album on the headphones, you can hear it just even the way it's mixed. There's so many different sounds happening. It's it's very much it's very I don't even know how to explain it. Just there's different sounds coming from everywhere. And the mix is great. It's full stereo. Was that something that you guys wanted to do or is that something that this is how Josh works? Is that like when he's mixing it, he's like, I just, I hear all these different sounds coming from all different areas. Um, typically that's not, I mean, Josh wants to serve the songs. I think we, we got a little ambitious with the layers and, and eventually like a third of the way through the record, we started um, demoing some stuff at, at the place that Chris and I live at. And we just started doing different, you know, synths and like I found my dad's old trumpet. We threw that on a couple of songs or maybe just one. We got our friend Taylor, who's in Anti-Queens, to do backing vocals, our friend Mike to do um, violin. And we went, we had a kitchen sink, kind of a kitchen sink approach to it. And then would uh, would come uh, come to Josh before we came to the jo- Josh who would already do like a, a second draft I guess of a song where we recorded a bunch of different layers and all these I did a lot of different backing vocal harmonies too and just stripping some stuff away because we didn't want to overwhelm him which we ended up doing anyway but <laughs> um but yeah we tried to come in and be smart about it so he did a really good job, I think, and a really delicate job because we gave him so much to work with, um, which I, I think in the future we would be a little more conservative in that kind of stuff. But, um, yeah, it's he's, he's, it's really hard to give them all that stuff and say, like, oh, get rid of some of it if you want, like some of it if you want, but try and represent everything. It's it's a very it's it's unfair. Poor Josh. Poor Josh. It's unfair. Can't feel your 
going forward playing these songs live when eventually you get to play these songs live on tour. Uh, is it just going to be a three piece band still, or are you going to, you going to maybe get someone else to play since in the band or anything like that? Um, it's something we've definitely talked about. I, th- I think I'd like to do it. I think it's weird. Cause like during quarantine, we're trying to take this time, you know, we did like a live thing for stomp and we've done some videos. Um, but we're trying to take the time to be a little more delicate and, particular with writing so it's and you know what obviously ends up happening with with me at least is I end up putting a lot of layers on it so it's you know whatever new stuff that we release or whatever we'll probably need I mean depends on the song but we'll probably need more another person but we have played through this album you know, before, um, most of them have seen the light of day. There's probably a few that haven't, but, uh, I feel like we can still make it work as a three piece. Yes. I like, I, I, I I just want to let you know, like I have seen you guys live. I, I was the new film, the live stream and you guys can definitely pull it off. I'm just curious to know if like, if that's something you thought about in the future is adding that extra person to put on those extra layers just for like the live sense, but you can definitely pull it off without it. Yeah. Well, thanks. Um, but yeah, that's kind of where we stand. I, I think it's the, the writing is occupying a lot of, um, mental real estate. Um, so I, I don't know. I, I, I really do want to have somebody, I mean, I should obviously be more on top of it. <laughs> no, you got, I think you still have lots of time. Yeah. I think you still have lots of time. You at least, at least uh, the rest of the year, I think. I think before touring is going on, but what we'll do see. I know? We'll see. Hopefully I mean, not. I think if we if we do get an opportunity and do do any touring this year, we'll still jump on it. Yeah. Um, that usually, you know, gets us excited and back in the rhythm. Because that's, that's like, I've always found that to be difficult with music, especially when you get like... <clears throat> people caring and really helping you out. Like Stomp's been great to us. And obviously, you know, our booking engine manager, uh, Sarah and Vince have been fantastic to us. But now that there's a little less responsibility, I find personally, it's a lot easier to, to, to be lazy. And I try and remind myself like this, remember how much work this was before. And now you have space to do that. And it's, you got to self-discipline. It's tough. It is tough. It's very tough. But uh, you also take this time just to just to, you know, just think about everything that you've done and, and what you need to do. You mm-hmm. know, just this is what I want to do. This is what we got to do for the next album. Maybe even start writing. Have you, have you guys started writing new material? Oh, yeah. Yeah. Well, you guys yeah. all live together, right? Well, two of you live together, Chris and yeah. yourself. Yeah. These are all my opinions, by the way. When... Oh, I like I like to listen to this is this is, this is I, not I, representative of the Bell Corporation. Or. Yeah, totally, one hundred percent. Like I, I I obviously I know you. I think we're friends. We've 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 known each other for a long period of time. We've worked together. Um, you do think that, don't you? I do. I would think that, wouldn't I? But when I when I listen to this album, I I, I picture you when you're singing. There's there's a lot there's a lot of pain in your, in your singing. There's like a lot of emotion and pain. Uh, is that something that you did on purpose or is that, uh, is that just, is that how you sing? Was there any thinking involved with that part of the, of the album, the singing part? Art is pain. Um, (laughs) I, I don't think I'm trying. Do you mean lyrically or, or sonically? Sonically, sonically to me, I know you, you're a happy guy, but when you're singing, it's just your emotions are coming through. I I love it. It's great. That's my opinion, like I said, but so it's not something you're doing on purpose is what you're saying. Mm -hmm. Well, I I think you want to, you know, buy what you're selling. Like you want to, you want to believe in your product. So like, I'm pretty... I, I don't, I don't like to think I take myself too seriously, but I try and put some effort into like lyrics and singing 
So whatever I'm singing, I, I, I'd like to believe it a bit more. Um, and sometimes that is painful. Sometimes it's, it's cathartic. Sometimes it's very happy. Like people, you know, don't necessarily, not that I cry on the record, but people don't necessarily cry because they're sad. It's, Absolutely. Like, it's a pretty naked, singing is a pretty naked thing to do. Sometimes it feels funny and it feels like vaudeville. Um, I think especially like our live show. I'm not saying it's as good as that, but it's it's. I like to be a little entertaining. So I don't think I'm putting on any affectations, but um, I want to get that. I want to put that emotion into it. Because why wouldn't you? Yeah. Why wouldn't you? I agree. Yeah. Music is pain. <laughs> Feeling is pain. Yeah. But it's it's also celebratory. Like it's it's just a very grandiose way of not grandiose, but like it's it's a very emotive way of, of expressing yourself. It's not like I don't know, it's it's not like like a sport where you just you have to and I'm not trying to undermine sports, but sports it's you have to get zoned in and you have to it's your goal is, you know, get the the, the puck in the net or whatever. It's not like how do how do I express my skating? Like I'm obviously using like a hockey example. Like, <laughs> obviously, yeah. I'm sure there's people with with music that want to be. I mean, this is why I've always had like a, a weird relationship with uh, you know like shredders, like people that play really like that Ingve Malmsteen kind of stuff. Yeah, like it, it's very impressive, but it's not. It's it's not necessarily my favorite music. Like I like when music surprises me when it's 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 weird. It's but it doesn't necessarily have to be complicated. Like the Pixies blew me away when I first heard them. It's not very complicated music. It's pretty easy to play, but it's just very fun. The choices are really smart in my opinion. I I prefer like if if I'm gonna hear a guitar solo, or I'm gonna play a guitar solo, I prefer a solo that has that feeling and that emotion in it rather than just as many notes as possible. Yeah. Yeah. That's, uh, I hear that in your vocals and, and in your guitar and your guitar playing as well. I definitely hear that. Well, and, and, and are you the, the main lyric writer in the band? Yeah. I, I run stuff by, by the other guys just to see if they, if they really like, if I feel like, something might come across, I don't know, poorly or whatever, but I try and run it by them. But for the most part, I bring stuff in and they'll give me like notes or comments. Usually like Chris will give me the notes will be, you gotta like, this sounds clunky. Like it's, it's more like a syllabic issue where it's like, there's too many sounds going on in this in this phrase like you got to clean it up to serve the song um but yeah sorry the short answer yes i feel like there's there's a lot of different uh topics on the album but a lot of them are the couple of them are similar uh more so like the the first side the a side of the record i suppose i feel like there's a lot of um it's kind of like nightmare scenarios for people like you and i <laughs> or it's like you're you're singing like uh you know what I mean like you're si you're singing about a a wife a, a, you know living in somewhere in the middle of the states that just hates just hates everything about her life it's just so bleak and boring yeah it's some of these are like that song is complete fiction but it's I don't know it's it's really the the lyrics that I like the best remind me of those like slice of life movies like um like this isn't the best example, but no country for old men or boyhood like on the surfaces are not very similar, but they're both like, here's an, here's a series of events that happened. Here's, um, maybe I shouldn't group those together, but no country for old men might be a good example of like, um, this, this is just a thing that happened. And then it's really the ending is what determines the, the tone of the movie where it's like, and there's just, there's Tommy Lee Jones just talking and they never found him. And he didn't necessarily, we don't know if he eventually gets away the, the murderer or if he's so spoiler alert. 
I was going to say spoilers. Uh, whatever. It's like a 15 year old movie. <laughs> yeah, <it laughs> if you is. haven't seen it yet, I mean, I don't know. too bad. It's so sad. Yeah. But it's, it's just like this, it's just a, it's a mood and it's a, it's a tension. You can still tell a story, but without having to, though I will, I would say, I guess there is a conclusion to Connie, but not really. It's still kind of vague. So I like I like when you can do like tell a story, but not necessarily um, try and you know wrap it up into like a Marvel movie or something. <laughs> and it's like it's usually like you're singing in third person too. Yeah, I like doing third person because um, first person I think it's a lot more common for. Um, listeners or readers of the lyrics to assume that this is an experience that that you've had. You've had. Yeah. So fly over states, not about your own personal experiences. No, I remember back when I was living at my mom's and we were practicing in her basement and like the Genesis of that song is like, you know, there's a, there's a really nice song that you have, but it's, I, I don't like with the ugly family line. <laughs> and and yeah, yeah it, it's it was like well it's if you listen to it it's not it's obviously not about you guys you first get into music was it like the were you like 13 and you, you discovered nirvana or was it like your parents playing music uh when you were a kid or like how did you why did you want to be in a band i mean you're not far off with the hearing nirvana at like 12 or 13 and because before um, music i was into 
I was always into writing, like, and reading, um, especially, like, funny enough, like, video games, like, the journalism. Like, I used to read Nintendo Power and Electronic Gaming Monthly, all that as a kid. Took an interest in music, and I got into music journalism and skateboarding I liked a lot, but it was terrible. I was terrible uh, at skateboarding, too. Yeah, like, barely passable. Like, I could ride a skateboard. I was I was good at staying on it. Um, but I think I hit, like, when I was 14 or 15, I was... Because going into high school, I was very anxious about, you know, feeling accepted and all that kind of stuff. And Because I went from an ele- elementary school that only two people that I knew, like, I didn't really... I went in kind of cold. And once I kind of settled in and found my group of people or whatever, I, th- I think I remember having the thought, because I was such a weird, I guess, pragmatic kid. Um, uh, but I was, I was like, I need a hobby. Like, I need... I'm, I don't like skate. I'm not good at skateboarding. Like, I need something to be good at. I can't just have decent grades and kind of... That's kind of how music stuck out. I was like, I was... I'm just going to learn a few covers and, and I'll kind of get by and, you know, it'll just be like a skill that I have. And obviously it became something more and it's, it's from there. I, I started enjoying the creative process and I think I always wanted to be creative in some way with, you know, I wanted to build some kind of movie or writing or some, like I wanted to be funny and, and creative and this became an outlet where it was, I really liked the noise and the energy and the emotions. And I don't think I'd have the attention span for something like filmmaking or, or the patients. <laughs> I helped uh, film the video for you're allowed your feelings. I did all the, the band shots playing. And then I guess Andrew was it Andrew that filmed the rest of it, or was it Vince? It was Vince's like family home uh, home video footage, and wow. Andrew did the editing. Editing, yeah. And uh, I was a little was, disappointed. I was a little disappointed when you guys didn't throw in any of the ice cream scenes that I filmed. Yeah, I kind of like that too. I think Andrew and Vince took the reins of that and wanted and wanted like just live band stuff and make it more abstract and less playful who took the photo for the cover? the leaking cover uh andrew did andrew did is that uh in toronto or yeah it's in toronto i think it's around bloor and bathurst um it's by his building that he lives in don't try and find him um <laughs> but i told like he he did all the art as well like he did all the graphic design um, he's super talented. Um, but I said to him, like, I wanted something that looks like an old math textbook, um, with a lot of weird numbers and Easter eggs. And I also asked him and then he had that at the layout. And I said, I want something done with the colors. Like I want it to be a little more saturated and weird and, and just feel not too bright, but still feel off because before it looked like before we, we changed the colors, it almost looked like a, a first Ken, a Kendrick Lamar record um, with the car on it. It's like an El Camino or something. I know. Thinking of black keys. Anyway, but yeah, that's how we, that came to be. Kendrick, do you like uh, Kendrick Lamar? His old stuff or? Yeah. I don't love it, but I do like it. It never, like, hooked me. Like, Vince Staple, around that era, Vince Staples really did it for me. Obviously, Run the Jewels, but I was always a big fan of LP. Um, But, yeah, as far as, like, that... And then later, I got into Kanye, like, very late. Um, Yeah, like his old stuff, like graduation... uh, See, that's... Chris loves that stuff. Um, that's very like a lot of soul, like an R and B samples. Yeah. Um, I'm not as like that's not as much of my thing, but I do enjoy it. I like the uh, actually the the Kanye record that I like the best is Jesus. I like him doing like Death Grips. Except yeah, oh yeah, Death Grips is great. 
I think my favorite uh, Kanye is 808s and Heartbeat, Heartbreak. It's very depressing, uh, sad album, but I just, I love it. Really? With all that auto-tune? Yeah, all the auto-tune and, and the 808s, the, the drum beats, the old, you know, 80s drum beats. Mm-hmm. That's you just what I... You don't an auto-tune guy. Uh, I've dabbled in auto-tune. Oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> I, I mean, uh, I'm no T-Pain, or no. whatever his name is, but... Even though we call you that all the time. That's you guys call me behind my back, T-Pain? Yeah. <laughs> Is T-Pain coming As up a term of endearment. Do you consider your band a punk band? Just I'm only asking this because like uh, most of Stomp Records bands are, are punk bands or ska bands. So I'm just trying to get a feel like, do you, are you guys a punk band? Rock band? What kind of music would you say? What genre, if you had to? I would say I would say rock, but there is there is like the I think a lot of people because of my vocals group it in with punk because they can be kind of either talky where it's kind of post punk or a little harsh sometimes uh, a little shouty. Um, but I generally I'd say the music is it's not very punk, but it seems to have been categorized as such and were embraced by the punk audience the most. So I'm happy to take it. Like I've definitely gotten my share of, you know, Fred Schneider comparisons or, um, who's that? Yeah. Uh, the guy from the B 52s. Okay. Or gel Biafra from dead Kennedys. I think I said that one to you. (laughs) Yeah. I'm not this. You can't really shake this voice. (laughs) <laughs> yeah, and they they fall into like them obviously talking heads Devo like they all fall into post punk or yeah or it's kind of more new wavy but whatever um, I mean this was a this was a concern initially with Stomp um, that we uh, like had to address where it's like we obviously stick out on this label as a sore thumb like we're pretty different but I liked the attitude that they had about it and i think we had a similar one where we said you know if if every if all parties involved are excited about the record and want to put some love into it uh i i think and we're all excited about experimenting and trying something different for all of us then let's why not and you know they've been really excited about the record and they've been helping us out a lot. Yeah, I remember yeah. having a conversation with, with uh, Matt Smasher on the phone, probably in, uh, I want to say August, we were talking about some, some things we were, we were talking about the, uh, the 25th anniversary stomp stuff. We were talking about doing live streams and whatnot for all the Toronto bands. And we had a conversation about the bike thieves album and, and I have never heard him sound so excited about an album that Stomp is releasing just because he he told me flat out before he even knew that we were friends or I knew you that he absolutely loves the album. Hmm. That's really nice of him. Our booking agent has said like she hasn't seen um, there aren't she's like they've been doing it for so long and it's so nice to see how excited they jet like they continue to be about their artists and about the music that they put out. Not just like the business side of it, but but they're you know because it's it's by artists for artists, right? And it's yeah. yeah, everyone involved has been great. My first episode of the podcast I did was with Luke Bentham. Uh, if you yeah. haven't heard that podcast, after this podcast, go back and listen to the first one. And we spoke a little bit about Josh because Dirty Neil, uh, they their first album was done with Josh, and he had mentioned. <laughs> how much he likes the album as well, the Bike Thieves album. And he said it was the album of the year and to say hello to you guys. So hello from Luke Bentham. Well, we say hello as well. We agreed to that uh, interaction. He sent me a really kind message and I didn't know him very well, but we had obviously met and opened for them. And I was always a huge Nell fan. So having that, like hearing him say that to you and also having him send me like a, a really kind private message. I thought that it really made my day. Like it was, it was great. And he really didn't have to do that. Like it's, it's just a really kind thing to do. And it shows, you know, quality of character. I'd, I'd say. With the pandemic, all that stuff happening. 
um, on a global scale, obviously it's, it's awful. Has there been a silver lining for you personally? Um, I mean, putting up the record with stomp, cause I'm sure like they, they hadn't seen us live before, which is kind of unheard of. Um, and they were, you know, willing to take a chance on us and, it was very exciting to have this out as opposed to, you know, us trying to do this on our own or which we would have done other like anyway, or maybe gone with somebody else. But like, it's yeah, it was, that was, that was probably the silver lining. Not a lot of bands will, uh, they'll, they'll put out their first album and then they'll go on tour and, and like, they won't have time to write a second album. And a lot of times the, the second album doesn't do as well as the first because there hasn't been much planning or writing. So yeah. The sophomore that is, slump. Yeah, for sure. So definitely taking this time to write is, is a good thing. Not, I'm not saying that you guys wouldn't write a shitty album, but <laughs> uh, I mean, we might, we might still. You're going to do it just to spite me, aren't you? Yeah. <laughs> Takes that. We're going to invest hundreds of hours and, and money <laughs> and be like, oh, we fucking showed him. This song's, this album's for Krusty. Fuck him. Yeah. <laughs> so uh, anything, uh, what do you guys have, uh, like, you know, going forward? What, anything you can mention that isn't a secret? Any plans? Uh, we're moving some stuff around. It's, it's a lot of vague stuff. I mean, there are, um, we'll, we'll probably be filming something soon with me, (laughs) with you, maybe (laughs) possible. Um, and yeah, just we're you know, just shuffling stuff around. I guess, I guess there's nothing to report that we haven't, that's not about to come out. But there, there will be stuff coming out, and there will be more movement. Um, and you know, we've put out three videos for this record. Um, one being a lyric video. We'll hopefully, keep on going with different stuff. We have that stomp live session we did, and yeah, just kind of keeping our noses to the grindstone. That's what we've always known, but now it's just a matter of shifting our um where we where we put our time and effort and um trying to you know put that more into writing and being and finding creative ways of getting our names out and our name out i should say um cool and uh you can you can buy the album uh uh, where is it through stomp records through all of our social medias are at bike thieves um, that's B I K E T H I E F S. That's correct. Not the and I believe, we. Sh- I believe we also have some distros. So if you want to go to your support your local record stores, you can either order it in, or I believe they may have it in. At least in southern Ontario, they do. And based on what we've seen. Well, thank yeah. you very much, Marco. Thank you for thank doing you this. Thank you so much for doing this. You're yeah, a sweetheart. I uh, you're you're a sweetheart. I'm a nobody. No. <laughs> oh, come on. Yeah. Come on. Well, thank no. you so much for doing it. Thank you so much. I appreciate it. I really yeah, appreciate thanks it. Thanks for it, buddy. I really, yeah. It's always good talking to you.
That was Spike Thieves with Hockey Dad off their brand new album, Leaking, that they released November 2020 through Stomp Records. And if you want to purchase that album, just head over to Stomp Records, and I'm sure they can help you out. I want to give a big thanks to Marco and the rest of the guys in the band, Andy, Chris, Vince, Sarah, everybody. Thank you so much. I really, really, really appreciate it. For all you listeners out there, if you have any questions and you want to reach out to me, my email is miserablefailure at crustymedia.ca. If you're listening to this on Apple, Apple Music, that is, please, please give me a you know positive review, five-star review. That will help out immensely. Uh, for anyone who's uh, you know just getting into this podcast, well, we're all kind of on the ride now, aren't we? Please, please share Share it as much as you can. Let everyone know about this podcast so we can all be on the ride together. And uh, it's just going to get better and better and better and better. I can tell you, I can tell, spoiler alert, I can tell you, episode five is, is going to be with Jen Arkey, who is in War on Women and No no More. We sat down for a, a while and we chatted, and uh, it's going to be a fabulous episode. So stick around for that. I want to give a shout out to uh, my, my web person who does all my web site stuff uh bronte thanks so much for what you're doing it's fantastic i also want to give a shout out to steve risen he mixes and he masters all of these episodes at drive studios in toronto thank you thank you so much and well that's the end of the episode see you next time